you crack open a spiky kinner shell, you'll find what many people consider a seafood delicacy, the roe. But overfishing has resulted in a massive increase in kinner, and that leads to kinner barrens, areas where the kinner have eaten all the kelp. If it sounds, if uh, a lot of kinner sounds like good news, well, unfortunately these ones are very malnourished, and so they're not much used to eat or export. It's been a big problem for the past few years, but a new project called Kinnonomics may have a solution. Environmental scientist Johnny Wright, who's leading the Kinnonomics project, joins me now. Hi, Johnny. Yeah, hey, Jesse. How are you? Yeah, good. Do I have that right? Does this problem begin with overfishing? Yeah, it does in, in certain cases. I mean, I guess the ecological drivers for, for urchin populations are, are not that simple, but it, it certainly we've got a lot of evidence to suggest that, you know, the removal of some of those top predators, you know, the likes of, of crayfish, the larger snappers do certainly have an impact. You know, when those larger predatory species are removed from a system, their prey species, and in this case, kinna, uh, explode, and we're certainly seeing that in different areas around New Zealand. You know, particularly up in the in the northeastern uh, regions, Northland down into the Hauraki Gulf, Bay of Plenty. Um, you know, the explosion of, of urchin populations is quite prevalent there, and um, also down at the top of the south, the Marlborough Sounds, they've got a real a real urchin issue down there. So the the cycle is um, the snapper or crayfish disappear. There's not enough predating uh, on the kinna, so lots of kinna, they eat all the kelp. I guess that has uh, creates a bit of a habitat problem too, but maybe that's something separate. And suddenly you've got a whole lot of kinna with not much to eat. That, that's right, and, and urchins are, or kinna are, are voracious herbivores, so you know, these spiky little critters will, will march over the seabed um, and look for something to eat, and they, they generally go after the larger, the larger kelp species that make up these 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 kelp forests. And they'll, you know, they can remove kelp at at, at quite a high rate. And what you end up is whole areas of of once was uh, productive kelp forest that's been that's been completely removed. The kinner have have grazed that all down. Um, but they're, they're quite resilient creatures and they won't, you know, once they're finished off with the larger kelps, some will move on, but, but many will stay and they can survive on, on very little food, on the, on the little filamentous kelp um, or algaes that, that crop up in the areas or sponges and the like. And they'll stay there and they'll stop, you know, new kelp from coming in and recruiting into the area um, and the area regenerating. So that's, that's why we have these barrens and that's why they, they persist for, for many years unless um, unless something is done about it. Yeah, stupid question alert. Do kind of have mouths? I, I, all I can think of is this spiky <laughs> little ball. Yeah, they do, believe it or not. They're, 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 they are fairly simple simple creatures, but, um, you know, on the underside, they've got... They've got these moving mouth parts. It's actually quite, it's actually quite a complicated um, um, organ for such a simple animal, but um, they do munch away. They've got, they've got teeth, um, and they can, get through, they can get through quite a bit of kelp over a short period of time. Hungry little fellas. Yeah, we think of them as New Zealand natives, but is this a New Zealand problem or is it a global problem? Global. So everywhere with, around the world with, with kelp is, um, you know, they have 
Well, they are monitoring declines in kelp, and those reasons are, are, are broad. Obviously, we've got uh, the impacts of, of, of climate change layering over the top of everything, the changing environment, um, and, and that drives changes in the marine ecosystems as well. The impacts from land use, um, you know, the likes of, of sediments and pollutants being flushed down the rivers, um, that, um, that clearly impacts the, the marine environment. Um, but yeah, I mean, all around the world, studies have pointed to um, the impact of, of urchins and the removal of, of kelp forests. It's been quite a well-publicised well um, issue over in, over in California, um, where they have really extensive, um, fast-growing kelps. And, um, you know, the impact of removing some of those sea otters, which are a natural predator for the species of urchin that they have over there, um, and that's contributed to a, to a big decline in, in kelp that they've seen. So mm. it's not just our problem. It's definitely something we share with others around the world. Have you been underwater to check this out? I have, and it's. Um, I've been in a. I've dived in a number of areas. I've been. I've been diving most of my most of my career, um, going back, uh, um, you know, many years now. But I. I think you know one thing that really jumped out at me. Um, I was in the water. I'm, I'm based down here in Wellington, um, and I was diving on on some of my older spots around where I work for Niwa, um, around the Miramar Peninsula there, and um, just the change in in a few years jumping in there, Baron. Well, not so much barren, but the urchins are really rampant even through even through Wellington Harbour. So I've, you know, personally observed a, a huge decline in kelp and in areas that I know relatively well underwater, um, and that really shocked me to be honest. And it's and it's it's a hard problem to kind of gauge because obviously you know you know kelp is underwater and it's it's not immediately obvious you know to you when you're driving down the road looking across mm. the water you know how. You know how things are doing under there, and but in some cases, um, you know the environment is changing very, very quickly, and and unfortunately, you know, um, you know, urchins are, are playing a major role in that. But you, Johnny Wright, have come up with a solution. Well, I'd like I'd like to claim the credit, but but to be honest, um, it's a it's it's a solution that's been. That's been developed over a number of years. So what we're looking at is um, utilising these barren urchins or these starving urchins um, for enhancement purposes. And what what that means is going out and collecting those wild urchins off the bottom, the barren urchins in particular. So these these are the guys that are starving. They have very little condition, which means their row um, is is very skinny to the point where they have. Where kind of fishermen um, are not interested in collecting them, there's no there's no return in doing that. Uh, they're no good for kais, so so people people don't people don't collect them, um, and and, um, and animals, the predators that are out there, don't target them because they don't get a very good, um, I guess, return on on the effort um, there. So what we're looking at doing is is exploring an enhancement angle. So going to collect uh, wild barren urchins, bringing them onto land and feeding them a, a formulated diet or an aquafeed um, to, uh, I guess, encourage the growth of, of the row, um, which, is, which is the valuable kind of delicacy portion, what we're doing. So we're, we're trialling um, uh, our diet that's provided by one, of our, by one of our project partners called Urchinomics. So they're an international partner and they're running 
a number of enhancement operations or pilots um, around the world to tr really try to lift up and 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 start a, an urchin enhancement industry. Um, so what 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 we really want to understand here in New Zealand is is whether or not enhancement in the New Zealand context is a viable um, is a viable business uh, case. So. Um, Collect up the skinny kinner, collect up the skinny skinny kinner, take them onto a um, a, a plant or a, or a farm on land, feed them up until they're at a point where we can eat them. Yeah, pretty much. And you know that that enhancement period, we get them up, we get them into the tanks, and we start feeding them this this um, aqua feed. Um, for about a period of 10 to 12 weeks. And what, what we've seen in the trials that we've delivered to date is, you know, we can get, we can get kinna, we can enhance kinna uh, to a point where we can, uh, we can extract the row and, um, and, uh, and, and produce a product in about, in about 10 weeks. So, um, and we've run a number of, we've run a, a taste trial most recently um, in, in May to really understand if, the kinna that we're enhancing um, will um, uh, will attract um, uh, customers in the East Asian market. So, the, currently, all the wild kinna that's caught in New Zealand is is sold domestically. There's a little bit that's been exported into Australia, but we've never quite cracked um, the lucrative Japanese market or, or other East Asian markets. And what we're trying to understand with this project is: can we produce um, a row using the ergonomics diet that will be um, that will be picked up and and sold on those markets. So it's a it's 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 a really interesting project. Um, they tend to be quite 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 uh, quite a quite a picky market. They have um, a very uh, they're after the higher premium type type uni or or kind of row. Um, so we want to understand if our species can uh, can produce a row that that will that will fetch a good price on those markets. If things go well, will you ever be able to remove kinna from the ocean at a scale that will make a difference to this pretty huge problem? Uh, we think we can. I mean, I think we need to be strategic about it. Um, we're limited in the amount of of urchins we can remove. Uh, through the through the quota management system, so there's a there's a cap, but we can't just simply go out and 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 collect collect barren urchins and enhance them. Um, so we need to we need to work within the the fisheries regulations to order to to do that. Um, but you know we think if there is there is potential here, um, you know we can definitely look to solve issues around kelp kelp restoration in New Zealand. But we need to be strategic in in how we do that. If we're only going to remove a um, you know, relatively small number of urchins. Uh, we need to understand the best method. You know, whether or not we focus in a particular area, um, or if we come back and harvest in those same areas to really encourage the um, uh, the regeneration of that kelp. So that's a really important work stream of our of our kinonomics pilot to understand how we remove barren urchins. That's going to uh, promote the best kelp recovery. And there are issues around quota, right? There might be some regulations that you'll need to get around. Yeah, I mean, I, I think certainly we will need to be we will need to work within the quota management system initially, um, with 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 acquiring um, 
Kinner for our enhancement. Um, so they'll need to be, and that that quota is really kind of fished up to the line at the moment. So it's about a, a thousand tonnes across New Zealand, spread across the various quota management systems. I um, mean, every year, um, about a thousand tonnes of, of urchins are removed. So we need to work with the, the commercial kinna fishermen uh, to understand, you know, some of their incentives um, and uh, and really help, you know, build that into our program. Obviously. Um, you know, fishermen are, uh, are very interested in the commercial incentives. You know, if we can um, prove up um, enhancement as a as a as a viable pathway uh, to collect urchins and and make a good return, um, that's obviously good for the kind of fishermen. And then, of course, you have uh, the environmental benefits um, that will come along with that in terms of the kelp regeneration um, and the and the various kind of ecosystem benefits that come with that, um, which is good. But I think, you know, other studies have, have shown that, um, you know, removing some urchins from an area, you do get some some recovery in, in, in seaweed and, and, and kelp um, that will actually enhance the remaining urchins. So the remaining urchins that are still in the area um, will become a lot plumper and, and fatter due to the due to the uh, the increased availability of food. So there's a there's a dual benefit I think there uh, for, for, for 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 fishermen moving forward. Can that what you're planning to feed them? Can you harvest that sustainably? Yeah, I mean it's the, the feed that we're trialing that's uh, that's been developed by Urchinomics. It's it's a it's a closely guarded secret in terms of the the, the formulation or the ingredients that go into that. Um, but in terms of the you know one of the primary ingredients the ingredients there is a is a brown kelp um, kombu, um, which is and it's a it's a species the saccharina species and it's relatively sweet. So. Um, you know, in a lot of cases, urchins or or or, or roe um, reflects the diet of what the animal's eating. So, um, you know, what what we're seeing is kind of that have been enhanced on the urchinomics diet are producing a, a relatively sweet roe, which is good. And and though you know those characteristics are are favourable uh, for those East Asian markets because typically. Um, New Zealand wild caught kinna in many cases is is relatively bitter mm. compared to overseas markets, and that that doesn't that that doesn't appeal uh, to the likes of the Japanese market. Okay. So we can dampen that that bitterness down, and you know promote a more or or develop a, a sweeter product. You know we think we're going to get a lot more traction in those markets. Mm. Just like apples, eh? They like them sweeter over there. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Johnny. Nice to talk to you. Really appreciate your time. Uh, keep us posted with your work. Will do. Thanks for having me. Johnny Wright, environmental scientist, uh, looking to fatten up our skinny kinna, my words, and um, hopefully do something about what's going wrong beneath our seas.